An excerpt from A Rabbit Heart by Florence and the Machine. And in the spring I shed my skin. It blows away with the changing wind. The waters turn from blue to red as towards the sky I offer it. This is a gift. It comes with a price. Who is the lamb and who holds the knife? Midas is king and he holds me so tight and turns me to gold in the sunlight. About an hour after the pumpkin patch exploded, Yuria, your heart starts beating again. Your vitals have stabilized, and you're alive. You are alone. You don't have your ship. You don't have your friends. Even though she's separated from the others, even though she's way at the bottom of the ocean here, she still has the reminders that she needs to go rescue her friends. There's like three important orcs who basically raised Yuria and turned her into the person she is now. One of them was Vire, who was her guardian and protector for a while. One of them was Hext, who nearly killed her, but Yuria killed instead, and that's why Aurorialis was mad at her. Hext was a general of Aurorialis. And lastly was Wrath, who brought Yuria back to life after Hext and Aurorialis killed her. Wrath is the one who rebuilt you. Something interesting, though, is all of the lobster folk recognize you as a blood tongue here. The blood tongues are monster tamers, and they treat you with they treat you with respect. Oh. You get polite nods, and everyone stays out of your way. Oh, the blood tongues are respected here. Sorry, I. You're something special, ain't you? Oh, um, oh, I uh. Well, uh, good luck out there, kid. Oh, thank you. Yuria's starting to blush a little. So you get on top of Hunter and you head out into the fire plains. Uh, the last we saw of Pop-Tart. So you're going to take the pumpkin patch as far as it can go. And it crashes in the glass desert. And also you see an unconscious man by Neptune's playground. Oh, and I just fucking shake Pop-Tart off my arm, and then gets on the bike and drives away. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, come back. Take me with you. Fucking hell, you got any gold or something? Give me a little gold, I'll carry you the rest of the way, why do I care? I don't see value in gold. Oh my, and keeps walking. What uh. do you see value in? I feel like the thing that he probably... With the, I got with the... an answer, voice in the sky. Okay. Jeez. Sure, 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 sure. Everyone's interrupting me. Everyone's interrupting old Geisland. The fact that you remembered my fucking name was enough, kid. You want to hear about my past? Sheila. Yeah, why not? That's been my life, kid. Nobody, uh... Nobody really cares. You know, it's fine. Is that why you joined with Aurealis? What's that? Because... She cared. Probably Alice doesn't fucking care. Then why follow her? Because Knight believes, you know? I don't really fucking get it, but... I don't know. They do, so... Knight? Yeah, the, the, the other one that I was with, you know? Wings? 
I, I know. I, I know who she is. Oh, well, why do you fucking ask then? I just didn't think it was like that. Like what? Hey there, everybody! Welcome back to Six Feet Under and Fellowship to Winter's End. Yay! I think we should all remind us who we're all playing. So joining me today is Joey, and you'll be playing... Pop-Tart! Um, the happy little frog child. Alright, and we have Riley playing... Yuri Platong, our squire. Alright, and Ix is playing... And I'll be playing Harbin. Just kidding, I'm still dead. I'll be <laughs> reprising my role as Geislin. Geislin Kaidos, the big... The big, bruff, graph, rough idiot who hates rocks. Why does he hate rocks? I don't know. That's honestly... I was trying to think of a phrase that would help me get into character earlier, and I just came out with, Oh, I hate rocks. So I he guess it's canon He hates everything. Now. Yeah, yeah. Gislin's character is Ix deciding on a thing and that Gislin hates it. Hates it. Yeah. Didn't I isn't that how I got into character last time? What did I say? I think so. Yeah, that's I don't remember right. what you said you hated. So, Yuria, uh, last we saw you, you were riding a triceratops through the desert. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, uh no one no one knows about your new friend yet, do they? Well, I certainly hope not. I just got this little guy. Uh, what did we name him? Hunter. That sounds right. Alright, so you have you are now approaching the city with having a much easier journey of it than um, Pop-Tart and Gislin had. Because they had to walk. As I get closer, I'm making train noises. Actually, no, I'm an inventor. I made a train whistle. They hear me coming. <laughs> Alright, a wagon comes out to meet you but merely escorts you to the front because they see you do not need aid. And you are led uh, by Welcomer, a one-eyed person in a series of layered rags with a lantern held out. And they point you to the welcoming column, out in front of which stands a very narrow, thin person who introduces themselves to you as Gatekeeper. And Gatekeeper shows you inside, and is going to be performing your induction into the Column City. You know, for all my time with Harbinger, I was never... I don't think I'd ever been prepared for this. No, no, I don't think you ever were. So, little one, what brings you here to the Column City? Do you have a purpose? Uh... Or are you seeking one? Oh... I mean, I'm kind of seeking my... I mean, I'm finding what I think is my purpose, but my main goal right now is I'm trying to find my friends. We agreed to meet here after our um, ship kind of oh, crashed. Oh, are you with the little one? The halfling? That's the word, right? Yes, uh, little halfling. Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't know any... I don't think I know any big half... Well... I know many big halflings, but I don't think I know any other small halflings except for that. My friends. I don't think I've met anyone before who over-talks and double-talks and doubles back with their speech as much as you. I think you might be here looking for focus. Now, Here we are, kind of scratches here. Say something? Alright, so, the rules of the city are very simple. 
Within the bounds of the city, you must cover up. You may only show your flesh in the privacy of those you love. And uh, he takes you to a side room that has dozens of different cuts and colors of outfit that fully conceal your form. Hmm, so you took into account fur and um, tail, right? Things can be accommodated. We have had few as short as you, but pandas are not non-existent here. Hmm, in- interesting. You're kind of positive, though, because she heard the word flesh. Do you have a question? What do you consider with this? And she points at her prosthetics. What do you consider it? <sighs> I think I know. So you're just gonna go, f- just kind of quietly go find a cloak, and well, she's actually kind of bad at finding a cloak right now. Um, she just kind of goes through the various colors. She goes through various styles. There's a purple hooded cloak, and she's like, "Ugh, who the hell wears this?" Gatekeeper is used to this, and like detecting your hesitance, starts suggesting things um, based on what seems like your style. One of them that they suggest to you is, like, a flight suit that would have, like, aviator goggles and a bandana covering your mouth and, like, skin-tight leather over the rest. Oh. Uh, they also suggest the the standard unit, which is a blanket type that you are very familiar with that would basically cover you in an orb of blanket. Oh. You notice the cut of it also makes you look bigger than you are. Is that a is that a call out post? Um. <laughs> well, <laughs> it is now. She just came here to have a good time. So you're just gonna look at the aviator one a little bit, but then she's gonna go for the standard blanket. Oh, let's see, what color would she go for? Hmm. I mean, specifically for X's benefits. Uh, I was mostly talking about how every single one of the the generic ones you've drawn, like Mayor and them, have just like a, they're just like a big orb blanket <laughs> with a little hole for a face. Look, that's that's the standard cut. The secret technique to drawing any given columnist is to just draw a blob and then draw a smaller blob that's like a darker color. That and then yeah, yeah that's the in any orientation or location. Can we? Rewrite the How to Draw Kirby song to be about how to draw columnists. <laughs> That's great. First you draw a blob, <laughs> then you draw a blob. That's it. Then you draw more blobs and presto! It's Harvey. <laughs> Alright. So you're going with the standard outfit. Uh, what color are you picking to go with? Uh, let's go with emerald. Ooh. Fancy. And Gatekeeper gives you a quick primer on um, if you would like to learn more about becoming a proper columnist and achieving a rank. Uh, He gives you directions to the Ionic Chapel in the lower columns. Oh, I think I've heard about that. Well, you get the impression that normally uh, Gatekeeper is more insistent about this and like he offers to take you there directly. But they understand that you seem to have some other purpose for being here, so they're not too pushy about it. Yeah, there's an unattended child here in the city I need to go find, so... I'm 300! 
<laughs> Alright, and what shall we do with your Triceratops? Oh yeah, what kind of hood does the Triceratops get? Oh! That's a... <laughs> do animals have to obey the flesh rules? I don't believe they do, because otherwise that would cause problems with all the various beasts that are in the city. No, all the cats have little... All the cats have, like, little masks and sweaters? Yeah. Maybe it's just all the pets get them. So, like, there's some dingus in this city that has a bird. Okay. So, <laughs> Gatekeeper says that Hunter will have to stay here while Gatekeeper knits them a sweater. Yeah, good. Because they do not have sweaters in Triceratops size. Oh, I suppose. Might have to call down Seamster or something. Or Taylor, or... Oh wait, no, Taylor sounds too much like a name. Yeah, Taylor had a really easy time. They were just named Taylor, and then they came here and it was like, uh, I guess I'll just change the spelling and start making clothes. Now, Taylor doesn't even make clothes. They're just named Taylor. They help out in Harvester's Grounds. That's messed up. <laughs> the city doesn't make any sense. Who the hell would live here? They're still low Doric. They've got a lot to learn. Anyway, so you are on your way, and as you enter the city proper, you see, um... Well, let's describe this map we're all looking at together that Ix lovingly drew, and I will have a screenshot of for everyone to see. It's right. so good! I'll describe it, it's amazing! It's it's amazing! So, the Column City is built around a mountain that rises up in the glass desert as, like, the only feature besides that one glass city. Uh, around it is a fertile land. Uh, there is a... It is a dried-out volcano with a lake up top where a halfling lives named Moon River. And... They provide water to the entire area, the only place in the Glass Desert where water exists. Because this isn't really the Glass Desert. The Glass Desert's everywhere around this plot of land. It's pretty primo real estate, yeah. Yeah. The ground is super fertile and it's covered in, like, ferns and shrubs and various trees and it's very jungly. Slightly off-center of the mountain is a big, gigantic crater that goes deep, deep, deep into the ground. And deep, deep, deep below, nobody is allowed to go. But all the columns come from down there. And so the entire city itself is rising vertically from this deep, deep crater. And like, slightly below surface level, you have the low columns, which is like the residential district. Then you have the median columns that are at uh, ground level, even with the edges of the crater. And then rising high, high above them are the high columns of the high ionics and Corinthians and all those bigwig jerks. The tallest of which are actually taller than the mountain they are next yes, to. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the stone for the column city is unnaturally smooth and... They're carved with all sorts of symbols and etchings that are, I don't know, important to the columnists in some way or another. Um, a lot of them serve some practical purpose. A lot of the columns are connected by stone bridges and such, so you can just walk along the tops of them to get around places. Um, Moon River's River 
uh, actually flows through the top of the city through irrigation channels between different columns so everywhere has water. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And this unnaturally pale stone looks like no other material you've ever seen, Yuria. I mean, that's not much of a stretch as it, considering I stayed in Blue Mountain for like 15 years of my life. And then in an orc lab for another few years. Yuria looks around and is like, this mountain isn't even blue. Weird. It's brown! It's brown! Is it called Brown Mountain? There's some green. Is this called Green and Brown Mountain, Gatekeeper? Is this called... (laughs) Okay, you're knitting a sweater? Okay. Does the mountain have a name? Or is it just the Column City? I think it's just the Column City. I think the mountain is, like, hollow at this point. Crazy idea. The mountain is all the dirt that they took out from the crater. (laughs) Oh, that would be pretty cool, but I don't know. I guess we'll find out more in the future. I don't actually know. I think that crater might be here by other means, but that would be a fun explanation. It would be. Maybe that's the that's what they tell everybody. Okay. So that's what Gatekeeper tells Yuria. That's just the pile of dirt from all our digging. And then Gatekeeper winks, but you can't tell because of the cloak and stuff. He just say, he says wink out loud. Yeah, just like that. Wink! <laughs> oh, did I describe, by the way? I don't think I did, actually. I said he's real lanky, but he's uh, dressed like a scarecrow. Nice. With a, with a wide-brimmed hat and, like, a sack over his face. Nobody in the Column City has any fashion sense whatsoever. Nope. None at all. Except Harvester. You can call that fashion, I guess. Sorry, what was that about an orc lab also, real quick? <laughs> Don't worry about it, that's... <laughs> we, we kind of breezed right over that, and it seems important. Yeah. It might come up. I just imagine Yuria, like, under the blanket, she's wearing, like, a black t-shirt with bitches don't know about my tragic backstory written on it. <laughs> Do we all have that t-shirt? That's it. That's just written on the back of the cloak. <laughs> I want, I want like, a leather jacket with the sleeves ripped off with that on the back, honestly. Like, for IRL purposes. That sounds pretty excellent. Anyway, city is full of normal dogs. <laughs> Oh. oh, trying to right. do the point yeah. I was getting to for you. I forgot yeah. that that would be a big challenge. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> uh, there are a number of tentacle beasts, but there are also wing beasts and other sorts of beasts with any kind of limb or body part you might want to imagine. There are much worse beasts, as it turns out. Yeah, like finger beasts. Is there an antenna beast? There's definitely an antenna beast. Well, it's a good thing I'm wearing this cloak because Yuri is just shivering and quaking underneath it. Although, if you can probably hear her going, oh, 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 oh. yeah, just try to avoid the tooth beast. Oh god! Oh my god! <laughs> Never mind. The calm city sucks. Didn't didn't you say Welcomer had a hoof beast that Yuria would have encountered? Yes, that yeah, one seems yeah. also particularly horrifying. That one is a very big beast. Oh god. Too. It's like the size of a cow because it pulls a wagon. Just this big orb of hoofs sticking out in all directions that just rolls along. Oh, Yeah. Just oh. a wheel of legs. The city sucks. I'm with you. <laughs> Says Gislin. Hey, the city sucks. 
I hate rocks. <laughs> yeah. So let's bring us to, uh, hey, Gislin and Pop-Tart, what were you two doing for, like, the past five days? Complaining. That seems reasonable. Listening to him complain. <laughs> also reasonable. So where does Yuria find you? Like, are you are you waiting by the city entrance for everyone, or is Pop Tart just out and about, and you just run into each other? Like, what are, what what kind of situation are we looking at? I was going to say that Yuria's first thing is going to find the river first, because wow, I got really thirsty out there. Well, it's everywhere, so good luck. You found it. Hooray! Yeah, I'm I'm in the river playing with a wrestle beast. Let's just say that the Wrestle Beast belongs to, a, well, not belongs to, but you know, is partnered with a columnist named Champion. That sounds about right. Oh my god. <laughs> what? Does wrestling exist in the Column City? Does now. Yeah, it does now. They gotta have some kind of sport. Yeah, but like, what kind of costumes would they wear? <laughs> really restricted ones. The regular ones, but tied up real tight. Yeah. It looks really stupid. <laughs> oh man, and like, it has to be like Lucha, because, you know, stealing a Lucha's mask is like the biggest, like, insult. Oh, that's true. That's true. I'm into this. this yeah, is so great. like, columnist Lucha wrestling. World building is so easy. It really you is. Say, you just say dumb crap and then you commit. <laughs> that's all there is to it. It's true. It's true. Yuria probably wouldn't recognize Gislin at first, seeing as Gislin. Well, actually. Yeah, what are you wearing? What does is, what is Gislin's outfit look like here? Gislin's outfit probably looks very similar to Knight's in that it's mostly like more of a like blanket folded tunic kind of thing and like the limbs are all exposed because Gislin considers all his limbs to be weapons because Gislin don't care. Such a good outlook. So yeah, I don't know if Yuria would... Actually no, Yuria probably wouldn't recognize those because I had to dump the one big arm. And it's probably been replaced with a big rock thing. Yeah. Made out of the same stone as the walls around you. So yeah, Gislin is uh, sitting by the side of the river, drinking whatever the columnist equivalent of beer is, and chucking cans off the side of the column. <laughs> rude. Just being a real prick, yeah. Oh, who is that rude gentleman? Oh, well, I don't recognize him. Well, you could recognize Vyre's arm, at least, because uh, Gislin still has that one. Oh, yeah. With the shredded shield and all. Oh, yeah, that's right. Huh, what a fucker. I wave to Yuria, like, hey, hey, what's up? Uh... So, Pop-Tart, um, you know that thing that Pan said about taking prisoners? Um, you didn't actually have to do that. No, hi Yuria, by the way. Hello. Um Hi. No, he 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 helped me get across the desert. I feel like every time you started in that sentence was the Wrestlebeast trying to pin you in the river again. <laughs> yeah. I got a bit too excited. Yeah, as soon as you finish that sentence you get pinned. <laughs> yeah, like I I sort of like like, I haven't played Pop-Tart in a while, so I just accidentally turned it up to 11 when I meant to turn it up to 2. I think Pop-Tart would be pretty excited to see Yuria again. Yeah. Yeah, Pop-Tart's gonna jump up onto Yuria's head and pet her fleshier. Huh. Oh. Um, glad to see you, Pop-Tart. Um... Hi! 
By the way, Pop-Tart isn't wearing a blanket. Yeah, what's Pop-Tart wearing? Um, upon learning that you must only show your flesh to those you love, Pop-Tart took off their raincoat and their boots and is now running around in basically the equivalent of a Victorian child's underpants. Just like a, a, a thin silk cami that's quite light and a pair of bloomers. So Pop-Tart is less dressed than usual. Yes. Oh, somehow I'm not surprised. Well, Pop-Tart loved everybody. Oh yeah, by the way, that reminds me of something that Pop-Tart probably isn't, like, consciously aware of at this point, but would have noticed when you got here five days ago. Is that there are two halflings in the city. You've almost certainly met Moon River up above, but you feel one way down below that you have not met. They're below the parts of the city that people are allowed to go. Okay. Yep. So that's a little piece of knowledge that you just have on hand. Can I add a twist and make it fucked up? Sure. Pop-Tart hears them crying at night. I think Pop-Tart hears them crying most times. Yeah, it's always night down there, so... Yeah. yeah. So the entire time Pop-Tart's here, they just have this crying halfling in their head? Or feels them crying, maybe, would be more accurate. Okay. They're pretty easy to tune out because there are so many other things here to focus on. You mean get distracted by? A yeah. deep well of sadness beneath the column city. But yeah, if you ever, like, lose focus, that that presence is there. Okay. Yeah. So, so, Column City, things should probably happen here maybe at some point. Does everyone have a goal here while they're waiting for their friends to eventually show up? Yeah, but I can't tell you in front of these other two. Shh. Hey, I thought we were friends. Oh, we're friends, alright. Wow. Okay, both of you plug your ears and I'll tell them. Okay. 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 So, I think Gislin is like pretty much playing, still playing buddy buddy, but like has been very tired and irritable lately because Gislin keeps sneaking off in the middle of the night to go work on carving into one of the columns among all the other carvings so it won't be noticed, hopefully. Something like a beacon or summoning sign that will bring night here. Okay. That makes sense to me. Maybe it's like a combination like beacon and also sending a message out that's like, hey, uh, those dinguses are over here. Uh, They're cool, but they're over here. But they're cool, but they're over here. It's a really rambling message, so it's taking a really long time to carve, I guess. Okay, you can unplug your ears now, thanks. Okay. That was totally a secret plan that we didn't hear. It's very secret, and definitely no one knows about it in this entire city full of wizards. <laughs> Gislin, look, Gislin doesn't plan ahead. Gislin doesn't think things through. That's very true. Gislin is as Gislin does. Alright, Yuria, what are you here looking for? Is there something you want in the columns today? I mean, I guess there's two things. Like, the main goal right now is that, well, Yuria clearly saw. Harbinger was, um, not good. 
in fact, dead. Yuria hasn't broken that uh, Pop-Tart yet, has she? Not if you haven't said so. Oh, okay, well... We'll get that back to that in just a second. The other goal, though, is that, well... So, when Yuria got the cloak, it's just like, you know, kind of like Harbinger's old cloak. And you know how mm -hmm. a Harbinger would always have a bandaged arm reach out or something? Or, well, I guess a bandaged limb one at a time? Yes. In Yuria's case, she, she always has her prosthetic arm out. As well as her prosthetic ear, which is kind of just poking out there. Which is probably how Pop Tartar was able to easily identify Yuria. So that would make sense, yeah. So we're going to be kind of tackling that issue here. Uh, I don't know, should I say that out loud, I guess? Like, the main goal, it might take a while, but... That's really up to you and how much you want to tell to Pop-Tart. Yeah, so you're just going to sit Pop-Tart down and say, Um, so, there's been a lot going on. Since, you know, since the ship. Um, by the way, where is the ship? I didn't see it coming in. Uh, um... The ship's kind of in pieces in the desert a little bit. I tried to save it, but I just couldn't. But it made really good shelter while I was waiting to be rescued. Oh, that's fine. Um, I saved a piece for you. Oh, what? It, wait, a piece? A piece of 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 the ship home. And um, Pop Tart just kind of jumps off. Or like is gone for about twenty seconds and then comes back with a sapling in a pot. Oh look Flapjacks Sapling Oh Oh of all the things to say that is definitely good, thank you, Pop Tart. Oh. I I thought it would be the one you'd we can build a new ship, but we can't build a new flapjack. Right. Um That's an ominous way to word that <laughs> and I appreciate it. <laughs> Why is it ominous? What happened to Flapjack, Pop-Tart? What are you telling us about Flapjack? Nothing, but it, you know... I'll tell you what happened to Flapjack, because I, it's about time I used Command Lore. Um, so some of the energy that Harbinger had, it sort of turned the sapling purple, and now Flapjack is purple. Nothing else has changed. Oh, whoops. Whoops, 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 whoops. Yeah, these things happen. You know, purple's a pretty good color on you anyway, Flapjack. I mean, it's fine. Flapjack had, like, a really bad few days. <laughs> Sorry, Flapjack. He's really fine. It's just... Yeah, Flapjack just randomly turned purple, and he's just like, okay. <laughs> so, um, what about the core? You know, the big core from the middle? Is that alright? I don't... Remember if I landed with it or not. It was in the part you landed with, but I don't think you ever checked on it because you had other things to consider. Yeah, and like, okay, I like that I'm not remembering the finer details of this because Pop Tart and Gigsum were roaming the desert for about a week and we've been here for about five days. So it makes sense that Pop Tart might not remember shit. Also, I don't think either of you particularly care tons about the specific mechanics of the pumpkin patch. Yeah. Well, the main thing's that the core was... Yuria can ask all these specific questions, but you are unable to provide specific answers. Yeah. Do you remember the reversing amp on that Pop-Tart? Do you remember this? Oh. Um... No? 
Do you remember if the Hyper Collider came out of alignment in the crash? Well, obviously it didn't or else you wouldn't be here. Ha 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 ha. Anyway. Oh, and it's very important. Uh, oh, oh, you're falling asleep on me. <laughs> it is very important that you always keep a little water in the system. Yeah, um, Yuri just kind of pauses and says, You know, I think flying the ship over the desert was probably the worst idea, even though we didn't really have a choice. I don't think you also knew about the no water thing at the time. And I'm not sure Yuria even knows that now. I think she kind of did when she looked into her canteen. It's like, the fuck? When all your blueberry juice just became blueberry sludge. Delicious! Ah. You made blueberry jam. So sticky. So, um, bad news. Harvey's dead. Okay. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, it's not that Pop-Tart doesn't care, it's just that Pop-Tart sees death very differently. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, well, this makes this part a lot easier. Um, So, my, what I want to do here is, well, I'm going to go by an idea that it's ran by me a while ago, I think back when the Soul Area session. Um, So, here you pulls out that old doll from the first episode. Yeah, the handkerchiefs tied together. So, I don't know the specifics yet, but there is a way to bring Harbinger back to full life, so... I'll be here to try to figure that out. Are you sure that's a good idea? Harbinger made that mark on Rorialis, and she fulfilled her part, so now we gotta bring them back. And deal the final blow to Rorialis. Harbinger did all that for us. And I don't want them to just have died for that. I'm sorry about your ship, by the way. It's fine. It's it, it's just a ship. I mean, I'm glad you got the sapling. That was really good. No. No, listen. The, the ship was home, at least for a little while. Pop-Tart, you can build another ship. It can build another home. Hmm. In order to have that home, we need to have the others with us. We need to have our f- our family. Yuri just realizes what she just said, and she kind of gets a little misty-eyed. I haven't seen Pan since we got here, so I think it's just us two for the moment. All I know is that I managed to find Pan's heartbeat, so... So he's alive? As far as I could tell. Then he'll make it. I know he will. He'll get here. And if he doesn't, we'll just find him. Hey, Yuria. Hey. Hey, hey. Huh? 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 I missed you. I missed you too, Pop-Tart. Aww. Where have you been? What have you been doing? Uh, I fell to the bottom of the ocean. I kind of died. Again. Oh. That's not good. Yeah. Oh, I see. When Yuria dies, it's not good. <laughs> Harumph. Also, I think I'm channeling the spirit of Harbinger. They seem to be really grumpy right now. I mean, I would be too if I was dead. I'm always grumpy. That's how you remember me, probably. Ah, <sighs> so... 
Anyway, without revealing much else, I also have a plan. I I need to find one of the orcs here, if there's any orcs here. There's probably an orc here, isn't there? That's a good question. I had not considered whether an orc was here. Yeah, let's put an orc vault here somewhere good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can maybe help you if there's orcs here. I I, I wave over to, to Gizlin and like sort of motion for him to come closer. I wave back for you to come closer to me. Fine. <laughs> so I walk over to him and beckon Yuria closer. <sighs> I promise it's okay. Yeah, I could beat you in any fight anyway, so you don't have to worry about it. Oh, really? What was that last fight we had? Oh, that's right. That was me. Anyway, you two calm down. We're on the same side for now. <sighs> Gigslin has been sort of wandering around looking at any kind of cool tech he can find. If there's an orc here, I'm sure he might have heard something about it. I mean, it could help. I mean, pretty busy guy, you know, and just drinks another fucking beer and chucks the can over the column. Yeah, that's pollution. Yuri, you you can ask Gigslin if if there's an orc somewhere nearby. He he likes machines. Yeah, I do machines. Yeah, Kislin, have you ripped your arm off of any orc here? Uh, maybe. I'm gonna go look for him. I'm gonna bap him on the head. Speak up! Uh, alright, fine. Uh, I was looking for any spare scraps of metal so I wouldn't have to resort to this fucking monstrosity and he slings his stone arm around a little bit. And pretty much the only people in this whole place who use metal are like, I forget their names, but there's like a bunch of mechanic types down in the low columns. They have a big old workshop down there. So, I mean... There's also Diver. There's also Diver, but I don't know if Gislin knows about Diver. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, because Gislin... I don't know... Gislin doesn't seem like the type to charm his way into diplomatic conversations with any of the High Corinthians. You found one I you found one lead and obviously that's good enough. Yeah, yeah, that's Gislin is a very straightforward type person, I think. One lead at a time, yeah. that's all you need. So yeah, I think Gislin probably shows him the way down like there's probably one column that's like one of the high Corinthians columns, probably mayor, that has like a spiral staircase carved around the perimeter that's like the main thoroughfare. And it's got a really nice, like, railing, and it's a really wide staircase so people can go up and down it easily. Yeah, it's, like, it's like actually nice. So, yeah, we head down to the low columns where it's, like, much, much more moist, much more plants everywhere. There's, like, the vineyard over there. And, yeah, it leads them over to, like, big ol' hollowed-out part of the columns that's, like, a hangar-sized workshop. What really cool big vehicle is currently parked in the middle of the of the of the area, the hangar? Good question. I think it's going to be like a big some kind of big excavation thing because both for okay. excavating out rooms and columns and also excavating out the mountain itself. So it's a drill tank. Mhm. Except maybe not on tank treads, maybe on like spider legs. Yeah, spider legs definitely seems more column city style. It looks as creepy as possible, I guess, is the point. Yeah. 
So, like, instead of, like, one big drill bit, it's, like, four little drill bits that also spin. Yeah, exactly. And when they're in resting mode, they look like spider mandibles. Like, the drill spin one way, then the, all four of them spin the opposite? Yeah. It basically looks like a big, horrible spider. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> If we want to get wholly unnecessary, it looks like a big, horrible scorpion. Yeah, and, and the tail is also a drill. There's another drill on a yeah. hook arm on the back of it. Hell yeah, there is. And the and on the front of it, there's grabbers to hold things in place or to help anchor it. And there's like a pincer beast working on it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Sure, there's no. Definitely, one of the uh, or heck, all of the inventor types could be. Um, yeah, paired with pincer beasts. Oh yeah, pins. I see what you mean. Sorry. I yeah, mean, there are yeah. definitely lobster people in the Column City, too. Probably not a huge amount. Yeah. But, yeah. The thing about the Column City is, like, this isn't a place people, like... Everyone here is an immigrant. There are yeah. no natives of the Column City. Yeah, so you got elves, you got dwarves, which are red pandas, you got, uh, uh, lobster people. No, dwarves are the white pandas. Uh, oh, I forgot. Yeah, they're they're bigger and goofier looking. Yeah, cloak okay. base them off the um numo. The numo. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good that's a good call. Good call, Clove. Wherever you are. Rest in peace, Clove. Out in the cosmos, drifting alone among the stars. Gislin says Close poetically, enough. staring at the drill <laughs> tank scorpion. <laughs> I think. <I'm> just... <laughs> Gislin probably fucking loves the scorpion tank and also got off on a real bad foot with the people who made it because he just like, can can I have it? And they were like, <laughs> no. And he was no. like, fuck this. And then he went and drank. And that was basically Gislin's last five days. So, so your drinking was a temper tantrum thrown yes, over absolutely. not being able to pilot the cool tank. Gislin is absolutely the type to throw a temper tantrum. Oh my god, I found an adult toddler. Well, you're a toddler adult, so it works out, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. And that's why they're friends, in spite of everything. In spite of all my rage. You're not in a cage, though. Anyway. Cool tank. Thanks, says a lobster person who is working on the underbelly of it. It is currently, like, held aloft in the middle of a hangar by, like, some chains. I think that my one-off joke that I threw out earlier is now going to become canon again. I think that the three who work here are triplets of lobster people named Tinker, Inventor, and Engineer. Perfect. And again, I'm gonna go with my joke, and the engineer is actually a civil yeah, engineer. Yeah, a civil engineer. He's just, like, he doesn't yeah. actually work here, he's just here He doesn't work out. in the hangar, he just lives here because his brothers do. He's one of the most polite engineers I've ever met. Very civil. Probably designed the staircase that we came down here. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> no, no, he designed the um, the handicap accessibility Ooh, ramp yeah, in the that's middle great. of the staircase. Yeah. Which Pop-Tart slid down because they thought it was a slide. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's one of the cool things about building things for handicap accessibility is that it ends up benefiting, you know, people that it wasn't intended to benefit. This is in character as engineer ranting about the one, you know, the civil engineering the wonders they've been adding. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're working on an elevator right now, I think. 
Anyway, um, I don't know anything about any of this stuff, so, um, I'm gonna go back upstairs, I'm gonna go talk to... I'm gonna talk to a friend, okay? Okay. Okay. I mean, okay, I'm mad, or whatever. <laughs> and then Pop-Tart <laughs> hops away to go talk to Moon River about a thing. Okay. Okay, we're so splitting the party. You're still here with Gislin in the in the engineering hangar, and I noticed you have not said a word about it. Wow, that's how she says. <laughs> Stunned in the Are you gonna do a thing, or are you just sense, gonna yeah. try and let Gislin lead? What's going on with you? Oh, ah. Uh, so, hmm. Gislin has wandered over to Inventor and is like, "So, can I drive it today?" Still not done. Let me. There's so much to do. Let me help. Let me. You need way more spikes on this damn thing. Spikes don't help it. Spikes. It's already got all these spikes. Spikes help everything. Okay, so Inventor and Gislin are going to be in a heated argument, leaving Yuria free (laughs) to talk with both Tinker and Engineer. I'm gonna go over to Tinker. Disturbing the work. Um, hey, can you have me that wrench? Oh, yeah, here. Um, wait, is this right? No, side? no, the one, one, one size smaller. Yeah, this one. This. Yeah, thank you. Um, say, um, I've been kind of looking for, um, apparently there's an orc vault here or something. Uh, don't know nothing about no orc vault. Well, I'm trying, I was trying to find if there's... I mean, are you looking for Zeno? Because Zeno lives up top. Zeno. Yeah, Zeno. Zeno. There's a um, orc Corinthian fella. Oh, well, that's actually very handy. Yes, he lives in the the smallest of the the tall towers over over towards the mountain. Yuria pulls out her notebook again. I don't know when she got this notebook, but it's really handy. In fact, <laughs> although she is actually kind of wondering, she also writes down. Well, she writes down the directions into this tower, and then she also writes down, I'm building new arm. Get an auto map on it. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Build a pit boy. You're building a pit boy. Uh, but meanwhile, Pop-Tart, you went to go visit a friend who you've probably seen several times while you were here. Yeah, uh, I'm going to see Moon River. So, Moon River is a big purple jellyfish woman who lives on top of the city. Yeah. And she has her own column. Actually, what ranking is she? Does she have a columnist ranking, or is she outside the system? I think she's pretty much outside the system. I think that's why her column is also, like, the welcoming column and Moon River's column are the only ones that are, like, not rising out of the crater. And the welcoming column is more or less just a ceremonial... It's not really even welcomer's only column. It's just, like... Literally, right. the top part of their column was moved over here, and Moon River is the only one who's like, oh, basically the only one who's allowed to exist without striving to increase the height of their column. Uh, da-da-da. oh nope, I have in my note she's a Corinthian. Oh yeah, that checks out. <laughs> yeah, so Corinthians are the highest tier of the. Uh... She is not a higher low Corinthian, just middle middle rank. Yeah, middle rank Corinthian. All I have on her is that she is a rainbow-colored river jellyfish who is also Corinthian. So we can add as much as we'd like here. So yeah, she could be an oracle-type figure. 
People come to Moon River for advice, and also the water that keeps this whole city running and alive. Yeah, does she make it, or does she just look after it? You get the feeling it's a little bit of both. Okay. She is pulling it out from under the earth to make it continually waterfall down. It eventually collects somewhere below, and she is pulling it back up from below to this volcano crater reservoir. Okay, so she's a river spirit like me. Pretty much, yeah. definitely. Okay, cool. So you have that innate friendship connection. Yeah, what's her sort of area like? Like, she has this whole area to herself. Pretty much. Uh, Moon River is a little unique among halflings in that she's cut off from the rest of the world by the glass desert. She hasn't seen another halfling except Looking Glass in a very long time. So I imagine she's been, like, catching up with you about news for the past 300 years. Yeah, she's probably been very happy to see you. I think Moon River's garden, or Moon River's area, I kind of gave away my game there. I think Moon River's area is probably like a carefully cultivated garden around the perimeter of Moon Lake and around the edges of her column, which is submerged in Moon Lake. Or it's like an aquatic garden, so there's a lot of lilies. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's a perfect place for Pop-Tart to sit. Yeah. Just sit on a lily pad like a real frog. You are a real frog. Well, I know, but like a non-magical frog. No such thing. So this four-armed jellyfish woman rises out of the center of the lake as you land on a lily pad. She glitters every color of the rainbow. Pop-Tart is never not impressed by this. Pop-Tart, it's so good to see you. Hi, um, so I have a really weird question. I love weird questions. Um, do you see a columnist in the Vale? I see many columnists in the Vale. They die all the time. Like, one that... Mm. The only description I have of Harbinger is the wanted posters from the train station, so I just unroll (laughs) one of those and show it to her. This one. They're a friend of mine. Hey, Ix. Hmm... Did Harbinger ever meet Moon River? Yeah, I think they must have at some point. I think it's pretty hard to even be... Even enter the Doric Order without meeting Moon River at least once, even if it is in, like, a big group of, like, Welcome, Class of 2017 or whatever. Talking to Moon River kind of thing. Sure. And, like, Harbinger is also pretty interested in prophecy and oracles, so I'm sure that they came up here to consult a few times. Okay. Is she the one who told you about Rorialis? No, I think, um, Harbinger learned about Aurorialis in, like, their only real vision that they ever had. Like, they've done a lot of okay. card prophesizing and everything. The one where Pan explodes? Yeah. The one where a lot of bad stuff happens, the only, like, genuine vision they've ever had. And they probably relayed that to Moon River and had Moon River's help in decoding it, but yeah, 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 yeah. So, idea forming, 
What if she's the one who sent you on this mission to, like, go see that prophecy through? The one who, like, sent down the order to the high or the Ionic Council that sent Harvey on their way? Like, I feel like she might have the ability to just override the council, the council about prophecy matters, because... I mean, they're... yeah, probably. I'm just saying that she's yeah. probably the one who, like, sent a message to the High Ionics, and they were like, Hey, uh, here's a message, here's a assignment to set up for Harbinger. Sure. Okay. So yeah, Depp Dep probably knows Harbinger very well. Yeah. She, she is aware of Harbinger, and says, uh, oh... Oh, Harbinger has done so much more than just pass away. They've also ascended. They found their true self. I didn't tell you they were dead yet. No, no, I already knew. It's hard not to. That makes this a lot easier. I'm a little worried because I... can't see them. That's because they died. Um... And she's going to, like, give you a hug, wrap a bunch of tentacles around you. And she's going- and as she, like, wraps them over you, a pair of tentacles cover your eyes. And she shows you the world through normal dog's eyes right now. Oh. How many tentacles are in the way? (laughs) I mean, normal dog doesn't have eyes. That's true. So they they perceive the world a little differently than you. Um, but it's not that unusual to a halfling because it feels similar to that soul sight you use all the time anyway. It's a, it's a web of sensation. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, it's kind, it seems like blind sense where you don't really yeah. see, but you get so much feeling from vibrations of the world and stuff. That it's the make... x-ray visor from Metroid Prime. Yeah. Okay, what do I see? Um. Well, okay. So right now, Titania is in the middle of a journey. Who? Sorry? Brew uh, Titania. Not Harbinger. Harbinger's dead. And you see... What does Rue Titania look like, actually? So we established that Rue Titania currently looks like... Um, so, like, the default state for a soul within the veil is, like, just kind of an indistinct shape in the rough shape of a person. Uh, but we've established that... It's like you're in a representation of yourself. Yeah. And Rue Titania is kind of like sealed within a glass case that kind of flows. Like it's clearly glass and it's clearly solid, but it still flows and moves easily from moment to moment. Because the veil's weird and you can do things like that. Yeah. And there is a little gremlin perched on your shoulder that is like a little... A little black winged mouth oh, with little limbs so precious is that a baby weird dog it is not it is not related to the beasts it is something else okay it is a it is a mere suffering moat of hunger perched on my shoulder so also uh, while you're seeing this through dog's eyes you can also see that Titania has a couple cracks in her glass shell. And you see a Rorialis in front of her. And then the vision cuts off. You could not find Harbinger. Because Harbinger is no more. They don't exist anymore. She's become her true self. The columnists call this apotheosis. 
and it is the purpose of becoming a columnist. Yuria wants to revive Harbinger. <laughs> Good luck to her, but she'll fail. There's no Harbinger to find. How do I tell her this without... Harbinger means a lot to her, and she's going to try and do it regardless of what I say. You get the impression of shrugging from an amorphous floating bag. I just don't want her to be disappointed when whatever she has plans failed and she thinks her friend is lost forever. I don't want her to have to go through that. Disappointment is a part of growing up, Pop-Tart. She will have to learn. I don't want her to learn like that, though. I have the feeling that she's no stranger to loss. I think she'll be okay. Of course, I don't know her like you do. I'm just saying nice things because it's easy. You should- she shouldn't have to be used to it, though. She's lost so much already. No person should be used to loss like that. Then I guess you'll have to bring Titania to her. I guess I will, but I saw Aurealis in that vision. I don't know if she's chasing her or helping her or... I don't know, and her glass body was cracked and I don't know if that means she's hatching like some kind of egg or if she's hurt somewhere. I don't know either, Pop-Tot. Harbinger? Well, not Harbinger. Titania? She might die. She is going through the most difficult part of being a ghost right now. Adapting to it. And I don't think I have more to add in character, but uh... Moon River doesn't like... Doesn't know exactly how Harbinger's going to fare, and also like... If this is where this is this is where Titania falls, then so be it. Is kind of her attitude. Yeah. That they've seen a lot of columnists die. They are no stranger to them failing at their quest. She does not have much comfort for you. <laughs> her opinion on this is, it happens. I mean, you got a hug, which I feel like is more than any other columnist has ever gotten in the history of the Column City. Well, that's because they treat her like a like a goddess, not a person. Like, she's just happy for somebody who talks to her like an equal. But yeah, Pop-Tart's mission is going to be now to interpret this vision. Yes, that sounds reasonable. And worst case scenario, cross the veil themselves to find and rescue Titania.